1: Palmerbet on the edge of the box. Oh, it's a
2: straight-up screamer!
1: Download
0: our app today and enjoy straight-up screamers this FIFA World Cup with great odds, great promos and same-game multi at Palmerbet. Gamble responsibly. For gambler's help, call 1-800-858-858. On SEM, your home of sport...
2: Time on with Jack Everen.
3: Hello everybody, wherever you might be, uh, right around Australia. No Jack Everett, Cam Luke in, but it is time on. Wrapping up what has been a big day in the world of sport. Huge couple of hours ahead of us. You love your NFL. Benny Graham's gonna jump on, have a chat. Tom Brady, prime time. Monday night football, not getting the job done. Simon Brookhouse from the Jack Jump as a the CEO. They have put out a job for their head coach and they're looking far and wide and it isn't gender specific. We're going to get to that later on in the show as well. Damien Ratcliffe, so much going on in the world of horse racing, but in the AFL, it's all happening. It's no longer a rookie list of a terminology. I know David King went with that a couple of days ago, but this is the time of the year that as an AFL fan, you are full of hope your optimism, you can put away what has happened in the previous season and you can lie to yourself in some aspects that your team, if they were no good in 2020, are going to bounce back. And if they were good, well, you can still have that belief they're going to continue. So it's very simple. 1-300-736-736. one 736 736 What are you most looking forward to? in season 2021 the draft a couple of weeks away but it's a weird draft we haven't been able to get all that excited about those kids that we haven't seen a great deal because well 2020 has really been a crap show 1 300 736 736 what are you most looking forward to it might not necessarily be anything about your team it could 736 you might shock me and say you're looking forward to the new rules one 736 736 to get involved. And hello to you, wherever you might be, right around Australia. Of course, the text machine, 043398 1116, all thanks to Tempo. If you can't get on the phone, make sure you fire through a text. A big couple of hours ahead of us, a Wednesday night. One day is start on Friday. Really, the biggest villain, and I love him, but the biggest villain in world cricket is in our backyard, Coley. Are you excited about the one day series? I know so much. And I did hear Sam Edmund this morning on Dwayne's World or this afternoon talking about your emotional connection to sport. What has happened in 2020 and so much has gone on. We've had so much to focus on and so much about what we've had to do in our own personal lives to get through what has been a really rough year. You may not have really cared about sport or you might use it as that vehicle to get you through some tough times one three hundred seven three six seven three six. 736 736 As we get towards 2020, be it the AFL or be it sport in general, what are you most looking forward to? And Roy, straight off the bat, he's an Eagles man. He lives in Melbourne. He's looking forward to going to the games. And I think a lot of people are doing that. As simple as going to the MCG or going to Marvel Stadium, sitting down, enjoying an overpriced pie or a cold hot dog or a warm beer, but being there to shout support or constructive criticism towards your umpire that's what we're looking for 1300 736 736 we're going to kickstart it right now ross is going to join us off the top ross hello to you. you doing well mate i'm 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 excited because uh you know this time of year is that perfect time where we can all be like hey you know what our team is going to be good mate what are you looking forward to
4: um, oh, in terms of, in terms of probably got got a couple of things for you. So in terms, of, uh, in terms of the summer, I reckon I'm looking forward to the first test, to be honest. I'm kind of, usually by this time of year, I just was thinking about it yesterday, usually by this time of year, there's normally the first or second test underway, and you're kind of in the mood for, for cricket, I kind of feel that it hasn't really hit just yet, but um, but I think the, the other thing I'm looking forward to in terms of uh, other than going to the footy maybe um, I'll go for Collingwood so mm-hmm. probably circling the fixture next year uh, <laughs> and having a look when we play um, when we play a few sides so I'd be interested to say I'm actually really intrigued because recently Collingwood fans have had this disgraceful in my view a disgraceful uh, tradition of building cool. premiership players that are now playing for other teams Dale Thomas Sure, Travis Cloak. Um, I wonder what they're going to do. I wonder what you know the Nuffie sort of Collingwood fans. That are, I'm not a huge fan of either. are going to do when Adam Truex maybe gets the contract, and I or Jaden Stevenson kicks a couple of goals. So or just, Tom Phillips,
3: is. just on that, right? Yeah. And I, I, I'm not. A, I'm not a Collingwood. I'm not a. I'm not a Collingwood fan. But I, I will say this: the, the fact is, I think that. While you obviously pay more attention to the fans that are, you know surrounding you and support the same team, the fact is that that happens a lot. That happens a lot in AFL, it happens a lot in sport, and of course sometimes it's about the the actual situation in which it happened. I will say this though: around Chalor, around Stevenson, around Phillips, it might not be the same as to what you've been used to, due to the fact that. I think a lot of supporters are probably a little disappointed with the way that it it actually panned out. Now, not necessarily that Stevenson, Phillips and Treloar are no longer at the footy club, but just maybe the PR around it and the way that it fell fell out. So it will be interesting because we do see supporters from all clubs use that, you know, the booing or, you know, be down on someone who leaves. I, I love footy fans and sports fans who are more than happy to welcome someone to join your football club in the exact same circumstance in which they become dirty on someone else leaving your football club. But that will be an interesting one. I'll tell you this, Ross. Richmond, and this will be interesting, Richmond are unveiling two flags next year. First time in the history of the game, okay? They're unveiling two flags. We know they're going to unveil, of course, on opening night against Carlton. Do you think, and this is something I'm looking forward to, do you think Collingwood, Richmond will put their hand up and say, you know what we're going to do? We're going to unveil it against one of these big rivals. How would you go if the second flag got unveiled against you? Uh, I, wouldn't
4: have, I wouldn't have too much of an issue. I'd probably, I don't think, um, I, I, I don't know. I, I don't think it would probably, probably be good for Richmond fans. I've never... Never really sat there and thought how great it is that they're unveiling the flag, yeah. um, but I think it'd be it'd be it'd, it'd be something that would add to the occasion. I think maybe that might be the night. Maybe they might unveil it that night where the first ever Premiership side plays again for the, for the next uh, in another season. Do you know that stats that there's not a single Premiership side that's played together after the Premiership so it, the same 2021 20, or 22. Have never played together ever again, except this season where Richmond have kept all their players on the list. It is
3: so a it is a remarkable statistic. Re- a Remarkable yeah, statistic.
4: And and look, you know, to be to be fair, it would you know it would probably be best, yeah, on a, on a massive rivalry night. But yeah, I think if they unveil invo- 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 both flags against Carlton, maybe that might, you know, maybe that might sort of uh, put it into Carlton's season because the last couple of years Carlton have sort of been promising at the start of the year and then come out and play against Richmond and get usually spanked or, you know, showing that they're not quite at the mark and that sets them back a little bit. So True. hopefully from a, as a self-collinger fan, um, maybe that might be the occasion to look forward to Richmond unveiling the flag and going out there and smacking uh, Carlton. But uh, yeah, I think there could be a lot that happens. But I think going to the, going to the footy is a big one. So I think, yeah, you know, I think, I've been going to footy for 20-plus years with the same group of people. We sit in the same seats every home and away game. So I haven't seen them all year. So it's probably going to be a big thing. Done. I, I, I won't lie. I, I think, you know, there will be some people that get emotional about things
3: like that. So, I, and uh, uh, and I just on I that too, mate, to a, uh, I totally, Ross, and thank you for your call, I totally agree there will be some emotions because there are... And this is the thing that I love about sports. The very fact is that it can allow us to escape from reality, whatever it might be, whatever you're dealing with in your own personal circumstance, sports allow us at different times to go there and immerse ourselves in the emotion of it for a short period of time and focus on something we're incredibly passionate about. And in 2020, when I think a lot of people, and I speak here from from SEN here in Melbourne, and the way that obviously there was no sport, In our backyards, when it was, it was racing, we couldn't get there. And the fact is, we couldn't, when we all probably needed it the most, when we all needed a distraction, we couldn't go there and be a part of that. And that's why I think the footy frenzy works so well. Now, of course, there's that ongoing conversation around the footy frenzy and a game every night going forward. Will it happen more so and will they be? and, And I'm all for it. I am all for it, but I'm also unsure as if to we're going to attach ourselves as much to it when we have got other things going on in our lives. We were searching desperately, I think, for something to take our mind off the life in which coronavirus had given us, and it's cricket. We get some big bash. You know, the NBL fires up middle of January, the, the ongoing conversation around the tennis, just something. And I know there are people around Australia listening to me right now who – We're lucky enough and privileged enough to live in a state where things went better than Victoria, and they were able to go to the footy. They were able to go to different sporting events. But there is no doubt coming off the text, there's a lot of people saying just to get to the game. Uh, James, Pies will not boo these players. It's not like Dale Thomas who walked out for more money. I find find it interesting, and and this is also, I guess, and, and... Straight away, the next text is Geelong supporters never booed little Gaz at the Suns, and that's fair enough. I, I I find booing is something I never get into anyway. I just I just don't I just don't boo. I give some constructive criticism. I'm boisterous at different times, but booing's not something I've really got into. But what I'll say is that, and this is something I think as as footy fans that we happily welcome in this. And I mentioned this earlier. The very fact is that we are happily welcoming free agents into our football club and, you know, we'll put their jumper on and we'll talk about how great they are and we'll say that we got on for a steal and if it was via a trade, we ripped the other club off and we're all for them. But then if another football player leaves in the exact same circumstances, ah, off them. I find it remarkable. one 736 to get involved. What are you most looking forward to as you head towards 2021? It doesn't even have to be in AFL, as Ross just put it there. It is a little bit when it comes to Test cricket. We traditionally are into the series. India are here, ready to go at it. Virat Kohli is, of course, the number one, I think, the, the number one villain in world cricket. Looking forward to that. I'm also looking forward to the Giants Before we get to why I'm looking forward to them, Brian Cook had this to say about the Jeremy Cameron situation. The best word to describe it, it was quite messy, really messy, um, because uh, we had, like, seven emails ready to go and we only had to press one, so to
1: speak. But there was some renegotiations in the last 90 seconds around around the deal um, and and it just made things really uh, really
3: align I was quite uptight about the whole thing and I just can't imagine how uh, you know Jeremy was feeling that's for sure but it was it was a really tight tight uh, tough, challenging last two minutes to say the least. Brian Cook who does a wonderful job down at Geelong joined Jared Whaley, spoke at length about it. That's a short little snippet but I want to say this about the Giants this is why I'm looking forward to GWS in 2021. There are of course when you lose Jeremy Cameron who has been by far their best forward and and probably their best player in the last decade in particular when it comes to accomplishments, you're going to maybe start to struggle there are a lot of people who have the perception and the idea that well, you know what? Their Premiership window's gone. They've been in a grand final. That was it was ugly, but they had to get there. They were brilliant the week before. They've been in prelims. They had all these draft concessions. They had this squad. Leon Cameron come under a little bit of fire, and they didn't get it done. But this is what I, I, I see. This a lot. I'm a big. I'm a big advocate for free agency. I believe that the things that has to be tweaked, and the Giants changed all of that by restricting the contract for the first time officially, and then it leads to situations to which Brian Cook just spoke about. But I'm looking forward to how the Giants bounce back because they are chock full of talent still. You can't look at that team and suggest they are not absolutely loaded. They put Jesse Hogan into that forward line. Now, Jesse Hogan, we know when he's up and going, and there has been some controversies and some other stuff off the field that has impacted his ability to be able to play at the highest level. But really, when you when you look at it going forward, there is no doubt, no doubt that this Giants team is absolutely jam packed, unbelievably jam packed with talent, and that's going to be the big thing going forward. I think I'm looking forward to how the Giants are able to continue to play good footy. Does it open them up a little bit? Jeremy Cameron didn't have a great year, and it's a big reason as to why the Giants didn't have a great year. But then I think going forward, they're going to have to just change it a little bit. And I think to watch the Giants go about it, we're going to see. Confuse why Coley is a villain. He's a champ. Warner is a villain given his history. That's Matt from Ringwood. I love Virat Coley. But he was here two years ago and it felt like everyone was against him. He is exactly what we expect. Exactly what we expect when it comes to how Australians should play. They live on the edge, a little trash talk. If he was an Australian two years ago, or it might have been three years ago if I've got my uh, years wrong, we would have been loving him. But we kind of turned against him. We were against him. I think he's a villain. I I love him. I I I do not dislike anything he does. I think it's great for the game of cricket. But I also think going forward, he is someone who riles a lot of people up, and it adds so much to what it is. So, Matt, I I see your point, Matt, but you can't, sit here and say that the media and a couple of the perception towards Virat Kohli a couple of years ago was brilliant. Time on with Jack Heverin. No, Jack Heverin, he'll be back tomorrow morning, himself and David King from 6am to get you into your big day of Sport Cam Luke in. And I'm asking you, one 736 736 What are you most looking forward to in the world of AFL or sport in 2021? Steve is in Camberwell. Steve, thanks for holding, mate. Fire away.
1: Yeah, no problem. Thank you. But uh, when you're talking about boos, it, it it brings a little wry smile to my face because I I think I've been witness to the uh, the longest boo in AFL history. Uh, go on. I think it went for about I think it went for about nine years, and uh, I I got to admit, you know, after about year three, you, you'd go to the you go to the game. I'm a Geelong supporter, and I'd go to Carlton games, and all of a sudden, number thirty nine, Darren Milburn would go near the ball. And there would be a huge eruption of boo, 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 um, and all—all all in, um, I suppose, retaliation for mm-hmm. when he uh, cra- crashed into the back of Sylvania And I think it was 2007. I think it was, or no, 2003.
3: Yeah, much earlier than that. Yeah. And
1: uh, yeah, and uh, you know, and it, it went on till I think he. <laughs> He uh, he retired in two thousand and eleven. See,
3: I I and yet again, uh, of course, don't really get into booing. But I, that is something. You, if you are going to boo, it's something that I understand where the passion comes from. I, I just sometimes I find when people boo someone who leaves for the same reason that they're able to get a player back. Uh, it just doesn't make it doesn't make any sense to me. Just on that, Steve. Just 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 on the cats. How pumped are you? How psyched are you for this team? Sam Menegola, again, signs today an extension. So he, after a wonderful year this year, just can uh, – this is – I love what they've done. I'm not saying don't go to the draft. I'm simply saying if you think you can win a flag by doing this and they've been oh so close, you must be pretty pumped.
1: Oh, it's, it's – it's, I feel privileged to be a, you know, a member of Geelong for, you know, 30 years or so, 40, you know, 40 years. Um, they always give value for money. And I think the, the management there, the, the culture there, that they know where we are. You know that they know it's not time to go to the draft. They know it's time to, to get players in. And 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 to be quite honest, the players that we get in, we, we, we don't bring in the best gun. We bring in the best local gun. Um, you know, we, we bring in people that are from the area. You know, that are guns in the game and they want to come home. And when they come home, you know, they want to play good. And uh, you know, it's it's the culture of the club. And I, I think uh, the coach this year, I think summed it up when he said, "I uh, I." Oh, 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 I'll, I'll forgo my money this year, uh, and and I think mm. like like many cat supporters, you know we we you know we paid our membership and and we we didn't ask for a refund because you know our coach showed that commitment. Uh, you know it's a it's a great club to be part of. They're, they're great people. I, I remember seeing um, I remember seeing Linging at a pub after the uh, well, he, it would have been around about two thousand and nine grand final. And Steve I, I just, he probably
3: owned it by you know, the way. Just,
1: yeah i think he i think he was going <laughs> on it but, but i sort of said you know i think it was it was in my old and i said thanks Lingy for the premierships you know you've brought so much joy to my family you know he, he turned around thumbs up bit of a smile you know it, it's you know good good people make good clubs and, Very and true. i think geelong realized that some some time ago and you know they, they bring you know they generally bring good people to the club if they make a mistake they you know they try and fix it but you know, it, they know where they are at the moment, and they know that we weren't good enough this year. You know, we we come close, um, very close. You know, I can't see us ever. I can't. I can't see again us ever going down the eighty nine path, where if you come close, you, you celebrate it so much, and I think that probably killed our culture for, for a decades. Where you know, you you come so close in a grand final, when the team come home, we celebrate it almost as if we won. And I yeah.
3: think that probably mind, created the wrong, mind, the wrong kind of culture. Mind you, Steve, there was a fair bit of success. Thank you for the call. There was a fair bit of success without the ultimate, uh, with a lot of those players after '89 as well. And he, he I, I look. I'm not saying that the. I'm not not saying don't go to the draft. I'm simply saying that in professional sports, if you are able to continue to somehow reconjure winning seasons and giving you an opportunity to win, and that's what Geelong have done. And there will be an argument out there that. People will say, well, they haven't won a flag since 2011. So I, I, I get that. Hawthorne did it simply, and they win three in a row. And they, If they're right there, I, I think still in a grand final, the highest draft pick they had was Joel Selwood, who was drafted him back in 2006. So that gives an indication of how they've been able to continue to recraft and b- rebuild their list. One of the best stories of the year, one of the best stories of the year, and I'm not big on it being called the rookie list. I think it should have a different name, but Lockie Henderson. Now, obviously, high-priced free agent, high-profile when he left uh, the Blues. Yeah, it was a forward, goes back. It was a whole harm, struggled with injuries, gets re-rookied, plays this year, and was a huge part of that defensive team that went almost, really, half half a football away, half a game of football away from winning a premiership. And that's what Geelong have been able to do. And I'll also say, Steve, I, I, I know what you mean about bringing locals. Patrick Dangerfield, I'll say yes. And while Jeremy Cameron, it is probably the closest AFL club to where he grew up. I'm not 100% certain he's a local, but still deserve a pat in the back for being able to do it. Craig's in Mount uh, Mount Martha. Craig, good evening to you. There you Cameron.
0: Um, like my boy, look, um, I'm, I'm mostly looking for, uh, forward to, like most uh, fans, you know, we've all been locked down in Victoria. We've been starved of good sport this year. And that being said, um, you know, you mentioned Virat Kohli. What a champion. He's come out for one test. That's disappointing. It would have been great to see him Boxing Day, but there's a guy that can talk the talk and walk the walk. And, you know, okay, he's cheeky and all that sort of stuff. And he's, um, uh, you know, some people love to hate him and lots of the business, but he, he can take it out onto the field and he's an entertainer. Um, you know, talking cricket, I'm looking forward to Will Pukowski. Mm. I reckon this kid could be anything. You've really got to give him that opportunity. And uh, he could be anything. He could be a future captain for Australia for all we know. But... Um, the one thing I'm, and I'm not a boo, I never have been, but I'm a big one for loyalty. I know there's no loyalty anymore in in most sports, it's professional. But um, you know, uh, being a Bomber supporter, um, you know, Dan had cut the guts out of us, I reckon, over three to five years, and you know, no loyalty there. He just. He played us on a bit of a break, I think, and uh, I'm not a booer, but I think I would boo him if he comes out and does what I know he's probably going to do at Brisbane. So um, that's my thoughts there. He put us, he put the bombers on hold for three years, Cameron.
3: I look, I, I, the thing with that is that is the professional nature of the game nowadays, and he's a guy who's been struggling, and he's trying to reinvigorate maybe his love for the game or some way to get his body right because you know he's had such a shocking run with injuries. I, I I get there's always some frustration when you see guys that insanely talented and I'm a big a monstrous Joe Danaher fan. I'm not an Essendon fan by any stretch, but I'm a huge Joe Danaher fan. And you only I'm not sure if you were there, Craig, last year Anzac Day. Like he, he he's he's infectious. His ability to be able to get one his teammates up and about. And it was right before I think it was halftime. Might have been quarter time. I know there'll be a Bombers fan who can tell me otherwise. And I just hope, and I know Essendon fans, Craig, are probably one of them that don't want to see him go there and kick 60 goals and, and make the Lions stronger. But for himself, it would be good to see him go out and because he's one of those players that I really love to watch play. Yet again, not necessarily a fan of the Bombers, but I love to watch him play. So uh, I, see, I I understand your frustrations around it, but I also think that it would be great to see. I think it's better for everyone and football if Joe Donahue goes out and plays some good footy next year. Let's get to Frank. Frank, hello to you.
0: Hello, hello, guys! Love the show. Um, I'd just like to say in general that isn't it fantastic how all of a sudden we've got 28 days COVID-free and all the all the borders are open. We could go around everywhere: New South Wales, Queensland, everything.
3: Yeah, Um, it's it is it is it is remarkable, and it's a huge a huge reason as to why why we feel a lot better.
0: Yeah. um, How'd that all happen without a vaccine?
3: Well, it just—I uh, guess it could. Oh, I just thought I'd ask. Well, because we need a vaccine. Well, we do, and that's going to be the thing. I'm actually one of the things no, I'm, no, I'm looking forward. Why
0: do we? Because there's no COVID now.
3: Well, well, and it's only no COVID because we're living a socially distanced life with a lot of masks and stuff. Oh, oh really? we're not in
0: the world wearing the muzzles. Are you wearing the muzzle
3: now? Well, not on air. I'm not because I'm socially distanced. There's no one around me. I'm, oh, okay. I'm, I'm not here to have a political talk, Frank. You want to talk sport, or you want me to let you go?
0: No, I just wanted to ask how um, how we all COVID-free without a vaccine.
3: South
2: Australia,
0: uh, sorry, uh, New South Wales, Queensland, Victoria, and isn't it funny? Not one AFL player got COVID.
3: Well, it's just a remarkable effort to the AFL, Frank. I appreciate you calling, but I'm not a, I'm not going to argue political stuff or, you know, agendas you might have. I think it's a remarkable effort and it still does exist in the world. So while Australia being an island and a way we've been able to go about it separately and some states have been a lot more in front than others for whatever reason that well might be, the fact is, and a huge thing that I was looking forward to coming into this year was the Olympic games. Unfortunately, it got pushed back 12 months. Now we're looking at, well, are we going to be able to have it? You know, in football, as supporters or as players, you lose a game, and for the majority of the year, you get seven days to get over it, five, six days, whatever it might be in the fixture. The fact is that when you're an Olympian, if you're right on the cusp and things don't go your way, you don't make the team, or you don't, for whatever reason, perform a your ultimate, or you, what? You got four years, and now it's five. So I'm still I'm, I'm skeptical about the Olympics going ahead. So I desperately want to see the best athletes in the world get to Tokyo, but I am skeptical about it. But hopefully it does happen. So that's something else I'm looking forward to in 2021. What are you looking forward to? one three hundred seven 736 Let's get to a break.
2: On SEN, your home of sport. Time on with Jack Everett.
3: Come look in for Jack Everett. He's back tomorrow morning with David King to get you into your day, Thursday, right around Australia. Hello to you, one three hundred seven three six. 736 736, what are you most looking forward to? There is a little developing story regarding the uh, the Pies and the Bulldogs around Adam Trelaw and the, and the contract and who's going to pay what. Damien Barrett on AFL Media has just gone with it, afl.com.au. So I'll explain or at least try to explain what that means in a very split second. But get on the line, 1300 736 736. Where we got Greg's in Blackburn. Hello, Greg. Hey, buddy.
0: Okay. Oh- I was just thinking, since COVID and I've been lucky enough to be home, I listen to you guys 7.30 till 6.30. That's 11 hours a day. Smart man. fifty five hours a week. And I'm thinking, my God, that's like two days. It's incredible. But anyway, thanks for everybody. We're all free now. And I ring all, all your programs. I love you guys. Um, there's not a stone plate chance in hell that these Olympics are going to go ahead, mate.
3: Yeah. i us be real. Look, I, I, I am hoping. I am very sceptical, but I am hoping that it does happen. But you're right, and um, it's going to be very hard. One, it, how to get the athlete? Like, if you look, if you look, actually, if you use it in a situation we are currently in around the Australian Open and the logistical nightmare that is becoming, well, it looks like Brett Phillips speaking last night saying it will get pushed back a week or two, and, it, and then it's, it's you know it's 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 tenfold that so. Without a vaccine, it's obviously going to be very hard to do. And then if you do it without fans, is it really the Olympics? Is the, is the commercial money still going to be there, considering all 2020 and, and the hits, the financial hits so many have taken? So I've still got the fingers crossed, Greg, but there, there is no doubt it's a big concern.
0: It's all over Red Rover.
3: Mate, I'll tell you what, Greg. Unfortunate, unfortunately. Yeah, I... Unfortunately. I, you know, I, I agree. It's
0: really sad for the athletes, and it's really sad, but, you know... it's until we until everybody's COVID-free, there's no way you got people coming from country to company. You just can't do it, man. This is like, you just can't do it. So that's the end of that, the, the,
3: unfortunately. I, I, I'm
0: looking, looking forward to Benny Brown kicking 60 goals. I'll leave you with that. Well, see
3: ya. I, Greg, I like that. And I'm a big, I spoke about Joey Danaher before. I'm a big Ben Brown fan. And I think that in the situation and everything that he obviously had to go through away from the football field, and of course he had the knee injury as well, but away from the football field, he had a poor a horribly tragic, much more important thing than football. He didn't play good footy. That, that's, there's no way to cut around that. But I, I think, and traditionally, we look for reasons as to why players who, and if you look at his four years previous, better stats than Jeremy Cameron. Now, when people say he's one-dimensional, that's a pretty good one dimension to have to kick 60 goals a year. Now, did the team not work? Now, is he in a situation where he's on? I, I don't know. We, we could be sitting here in 12 months and say he got to his point and that was, that was where he's at. That was his peak, and from there he just went downhill. That may well, in fact, be the case with Ben Brown. I don't think so. I think that his body, hopefully his mind, and the stuff that he's had to deal with, which is still, of course, probably an ongoing grieving situation, but hopefully he feels a lot better in himself to get back in new colours into 2021. He's a very good footballer. And a lot of people say to me, he's one-dimensional but I always say it's the best dimension to have when you kick 60 a year and Melbourne who are screaming out at different times at different times for someone inside 50 and they got him relatively cheap. I'm looking forward to Ben Brown as well, to see how he goes next year, just on the giants. This is from Will and Strathmore. Cause I'm looking forward to see how they go next year. They had a really bad year. A lot of people thought they were going to be good. They beat Geelong opening round. We know what happened with Geelong now doesn't always work out that way. In fact, it very really works out that way, hence why we like sport. But GWS are the most incorrectly assessed team in the comp. Each and every week, they have too many absolute battlers and state league-level players in their team so that they can afford to keep the cream on their list. All right. So that's obviously... And different teams make different decisions around players who are going to take a majority of the salary cap and the ones that you fill out your, the rest of your playing list. The thing with that, Will... They were bad this year, and there might be an element of truth where a couple of players towards the bottom of their list didn't have good games, didn't have good seasons, and they might be trying to find. But that was no different to what it was previously. Like 12 months earlier, they made a grand final. They didn't dramatically. Now, they had to play Stephen Cornelio. understand that. And did that lose? A couple of guys obviously drop out. You know, Chalor, Shield, years before. Lob. We, we know the players that have had to leave the Giants because of financial restraints. We understand all of that. But I also don't think we can just sit here and say that's the reason they had a bad 2020. Because 12 months earlier, they had to pay all these guys and they still they made a grand final. The year before that, memory here, I think they made the second week of the final. Then they made a couple of prelims in a row. So you, you're right. There are some very high-talented, high-profile players that they had to conjure up money... And other clubs probably did a really good job, and I love this in pro sports, in a salary cap league, where other clubs come in and drive up the cash. And there you thought there's always periphery guys that fall out. Now, Jeremy Cameron wasn't one of those guys that fell out because of that, because the Giants matched the deal. Zach Williams might have been. But I don't think that is the reason as to why the Giants had a bad year. Jeremy Cameron didn't have a good year. Now he's not going to be there. But can Jesse Hogan stand up and, and 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 play the type of football at his age? He's not even that old. Feels like he's been around forever. Off the text, I'm disappointed. Why didn't the Pies get Ben? Now, I guess financially, we know the salary cap situation is something that uh, has been squeezed and been tight at the Pies. So that might have been something. But there's no doubt that Ben Brown would have fit into a, a number of clubs just on the Pies. And Damien Barrett has gone with this on AFL Media, afl.com.au. And he opens by saying that Chalor's new AFL club this is around Adam Chalor, of course. The Bulldogs and the Pies are at loggerheads over the breakdown of his $4.5 million owed in his new five-year deal. That ends, of course, in 2025. Now, when it goes nuts on trade night, it was confirmed via an email, as was the way in 2020, right before 7.30. Damo explains that formal paperwork for all AFL trades is normally required within a week the close of trade period, but special exemption from the AFL has been granted in this particular situation. Now, the deadline, he believes, and as he's written here, is to have it resolved by Friday. The standoff is not Jalore's problem. He will receive the full amount owed to him. That's one thing that's definitely going to happen. Adam is going to get his cash. But the issue is a total player payments issue for the Bulldogs. Okay, now there was a bit of a belief that about $300,000 a year, whatever team ended up with Adam Chilor, if it wasn't the pies, that's what the pies were going to pay. The dogs were able to work uh, internally, negotiate internally to those figures, says Damian Barrett here, and have lodged it with the AFL. But now the pies, according to Damo, are playing hardball on the amount to which they will commit and are taking the view that it's not their problem. It is believed the clubs, and this is in the article on AFL.com.au right now, it is believed the clubs are as far apart as $200,000 a year on at least one season of that of that five-year deal. So a little bit to play out there when it comes to the towing and throwing. The dogs believe it was one number. The pies are saying, well, we don't believe it to be this number. It seems like it's only on the one year. If you want to read the full article, jump on AFL.com.au being reported by Damien Barrett. All right, a very quick break. It is time on. What are you most looking forward to? 1300 736 736 as we head towards the AFL and sport in 2021, in particular in Australia, being a hell of a lot easier to go to sporting content.
2: On SEN, your home of sport, time on with Jack Hevron.
3: Cam Luke filling in for Jack Hevron, himself, and David King. Back tomorrow morning for breakfast. Get involved, 1300 736 736, anytime you want, or off the tech 043398. Eleven sixteen. Benny Graham to talk to me. NFL. Damien Ratcliffe, the racing editor of the Aids, to join me in the next hour as well. And also going to jump on the line is Simon Brookhouse, the CEO of the Tasmanian Jack Jumpers. If you're an NBL fan, you know that hey, the season isn't too far away from starting NBL 21, but it's going to be a bit of a different season, of course, like COVID and everything it's caused. But then we're into the Jack Jumpers, and they're now looking for their new coach. And Simon Brookhouse has a couple of different ideas as into how they're going to be able to find him or her right around the world. That's not too far away. This is time on all thanks to temper mattress. Make sure you grab yourself one off the text, Pete in Perth. And this is on the back of Ben Brown as well. And I'm an unabashed Ben Brown fan. And again, I want to stress without getting abused as a couple of people have off the text. I'm not a North Melbourne fan. Ben Brown is Jason Heatley in 1997. Eagles got rid of him after 96 to one dimensional Kick 73 goals, led Mark kick. He will led Mark kick. Lead Mark kick. My apologies, Peter. I can't read. He will he will kick 50 minimum. And this is the one thing I will continue to say. Ben Brown, now when it was an issue this year, where, be it the form, his knee, and all the other stuff that might have been affecting his performance, and understandably so, people all of a sudden wanted to bring up the fact that he's one-dimensional. Well, I'll say it every time. The best one dimension to have is to kick 65 goals a year. So I think he's going to have a really good year. Brett off the text. Ben was offered 800000 a year or per year for three at North. He rejected it. Now he's got 550 per year. Did the manager do the right thing? Hey, th- this is the world we live in. It happens in professional athletes all the time. You have a good offer there. You believe that you can play yourself in a better form, get a little bit more. You're in a year where you have leverage. Other clubs come for you, and all of a sudden, you're able to earn more cash. COVID hit. Poor form hit, knee injury hit, bigger stuff off the field hit. Next thing you know, he's got to take a little bit less. I don't think his manager did the right thing, a wrong thing at all. I also think that this happens a hell of a lot in the world of sport. All right, something else I'm looking forward to: the Western Bulldogs. Luke Beveridge this morning with Jack Evans and David King had this to say:
2: "You know, we understand that we've got on paper a significant amount of inside mids who are candidates to play." some of those boys can play forward and on wings and, and even at half back, depending on, you know, how performance and, and where you want to place them. The other thing is, I mean, with, with, the, um, with that mix of ours, we, we've still got some, you know, long-term things on our mind. Tommy, as you know, liver had a pretty good year, but he's had the Ricos. We're hoping he can play for another couple of years, but we don't know when that time bomb goes off. And so, and there's some younger guys coming through, but um, you know, bringing Stefan Martin in is outstanding for us to support Tim and, and Big Sweetie. Uh, bringing Mitch Hannon back to the club and what he can do on a wing and as a forward with his speed and aerial aspect of his game is is really exciting for us. And then obviously Jamaras waiting in the wings of the draft. So there's it, it's it'd be hard to fit a, um, the names onto a onto a 22 player template at
3: the moment best issue to have in sport have an abundance of talent and make it work it doesn't always work with the most talented win because there's a lot of other stuff that goes into it but you're better off having a great deal of talent than having none they were able to get martin in they're able to get your in who i think suits the way they play i think david king spoke about it this morning that that real handball happy let's push it forward type of play breaking the lines that's what your is at his best he's not the best kick in the AFL on the run, but he's able to break lines, and they do handball and take the game on, or they, at least they do when they are the most successful. I'm looking forward to seeing the Bulldogs just because I don't know if they're overrated or underrated. Uh, we, we all go into every year expecting the Bulldogs to have a really good year, like a really good year. They win a premiership in 2016. Majority of those players were very young, and Marcus Pontepelli, who is a superstar, he turned 25 today or yesterday. He's 25 this week, one of these days. And four years ago, he wins a premiership, and we just assume. Now, I'm not saying they all had to go to the level that Marcus Pontepelli did, but I was like, hey, this, this dogs team is going to be good. They start the next year, 5-1, and 5-2, and two, and we start to think, here we go. Then they miss the eight. Then they get going again last year. They make a final. They get ragdolled by the Giants but we focus more on their last 10 weeks and and the good job they did to get there rather than the fact they lost. I I don't know if the Dogs are overrated or underrated. They could come out next year and be great. Trelaw goes in, Martin's going to help English. I think that's something that a lot of people would have to agree with, with what the Dogs probably needed. But I also sit here and I'm like, I I do not know if they are a team that we should legitimately be suggesting can have a crack at a premiership or one that we're going to see... Keeping in mind, they've never finished higher than sixth on the ladder under Luke Beveridge. They won a premiership. They had a wonderful month. It was a a remarkable four weeks. Stuff of fairy tales, and you've got to play your best football at the end of the year, and they did exactly that. That's the big thing about the Bulldogs. I'm looking forward to seeing how they go and how they do it. I'm looking forward to seeing a short preseason. I think preseasons are too long in the AFL. I think they should all start after New Year's. We continually hear about burnout and injuries and, and, and players that haven't got time to go out and look outside football and try and work out. Now, this is a shorter preseason and offseason because of COVID and the season finishing late. But I'm looking forward to them getting on the park in January and then two months later, kicking a ball in anger for four points. The NFL, the scoring is up traditionally because defensively teams aren't as switched on early in the season in particular, because they haven't got a long run in because of COVID. Maybe that's what we need to have scores. Don't allow coaches six months to work with their players to have defensive schemes. You're going to see more athletic footballers take the game on if we have shorter pre and I'm looking forward to it. All right, that's time on Done and Dusted. Sporting Capital coming your way next. Benny Graham, Simon Brookhouse, Damien Ratcliffe. your calls. It's next.